You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a podcast that's all about supporting parents as they bring up children. We've got experts and advice to help you through the more challenging bits of parenting. I'm Siobhan Hunt. There are many good reasons why mums are encouraged to breastfeed. It's good for their babies and often good for women too. But somewhere along the line to encouraging more women to breastfeed, the message that breast is best has led to many women feeling ashamed, alone and anxious. Terry Smith is the Chief Executive Officer of Perinatal Anxiety and Depression Australia. Hi, Terry. How are you? I'm really well. Thank you. Australian Medical Association President Tony Bartone has said that breastfeeding should not be pursued to the extent that it can shame women. Where is this shaming coming from? Is it the medical society? Is it the judgment of other parents? And self-judgment as well. It's all of it's it's all of those three three things. Um, at at Panda, so that's our that's our, our, our much more convenient and short <laughs> name. Yes. At Panda, we, we run a, a national helpline to support um, mums and 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 some dads as well, but but mostly mums with with perinatal anxiety or depression. And so, what happens? Uh, what the story we hear a lot on the helpline is that it's been um, a really really difficult experience to. To breastfeed, and that that a mum has felt a lot of pressure to to keep doing that, and and, and it's a really complex discussion. That um, and if I can start way back at the the premise of um, awareness of perinatal anxiety and depression, um, and I know this sounds like we're coming from the wrong way, but 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 stay with me. <laughs> I will. Stay with you, Terry. What we know is that that one in five, so one in five expecting or new mums is going to experience depression or anxiety and this isn't you know this isn't a little low mood or or just some heightened worrying about their baby not sleeping this is this is a clinical depression or anxiety so something that um, that a mum really does need help with now those those experiences depression or anxiety come with a whole range of different different feelings but sometimes those feelings are, are really going to make breastfeeding very difficult. It's not always the case, but if you think about an example of uh, if a mum is highly anxious, then the breastfeeding experience, the baby's going to feel that anxiety, you know, you've got that connection. The baby is definitely going to feel that anxiety and if there's an expectation um, to breastfeed because that's the best possible thing you can do for your baby, then that's very likely to build the anxiety. So commonly we're talking with mums on our helpline who were saying, people told me it was best or I believed it was best and I just got more anxious about it. And, and our, our concern is that, you know, a particular concern that sometimes health professionals in our community who are really focused on trying to give the baby the best, the best start and acknowledging that breastfeeding is, is you know, there's, there's no question, breastfeeding is a great thing for babies and for mums when it works. And I really want to stress that when it works. So from, from our point of view at Panda, you know, a conversation we commonly have with mums is you are still able to be a fantastic mum. Not breastfeeding is, is you know, one of, one of possibly many times over the life of that baby as it grows into an adult that you're not going to be able to provide everything you'd really like to. But, but that doesn't mean you're failing. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really important time to recognise that sometimes... Um, it's the most important thing is to stop trying to breastfeed and to get on with managing all the other things that are going on for yourself because, in fact, those things are really good for your baby. You know, being, being able to, 
address the anxiety or depression, the root of that, and as soon as possible, is actually more important at that stage than breastfeeding. Do you think um, maybe we, we need to look at the sort of health professionals that are dealing with breastfeeding mums, like lactation consultants, midwives, um, that first, I guess, stage of support for women need more training in mental health and support? Because I know I've often heard stories of women who are encouraged and encouraged to breastfeed. Um, and, And for many women, it's very painful in those first few months and they're still encouraged each time. They're never, it's never really, I don't think I've ever heard of someone saying, it's been very rare that people will say, here, use formula, um, just give yourself a break, try form- formula and see how that works for you. It's always just push through it. Yeah, look, and I think there's, um, look, there's, there's uh, probably as many as um, 150,000 health professionals across the country um, engaged somewhere in the midwife, CAFs, nurses, uh, maternal child health nurses. Uh, So it's a very big group. So there's really diverse experiences. So, um, you know, I would hate to say that there's not some great, great health professionals out there. But I I think your your key point is that um, the focus on mental health, it hasn't become as important somehow yet in our health system that there's a very big focus on physical health still. Even well, especially though, you know, with mums and babies, right? The, the yeah. focus on the health of the baby, even though we know that if a mum's not okay, her baby's not going to be okay. Well, that's 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 right. And um, one of the things I, um, you know, I'm often struck by that because um, because you know we talk to a lot of health professionals in our work, and we talk to some fantastic health professionals, and they do do such an important job. But that doesn't mean we, you know, we, we all know we're going to always learn from what's going on and 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 do better. So yes, we'd like to see uh, a lot of a lot of those health professionals focusing more on the mental health than those physical health issues and sometimes the physical health focus on the baby can actually really exacerbate anxiety so you'll be familiar with this that in those appointments after a baby's after a baby's you know has come home there's a lot of focus on how big's the baby on what Mm. percentile are the baby you know are they (laughs) they're in the how much do they weigh yes and and you know for us the we, we live in a really diverse community. So, you know, the truth is that um, small women are probably going to have small babies. It doesn't, I, I, don't, mean it, I don't mean at birth, but, um, you know, we, if, if you talk about um, uh, some, some of our um, Asian, Asian families that, that often, you know, I'm, I'm trying to really resist stereotypes here, but do you, do you get my message about different people are meant to be small? Yes. And it happens with babies too. So if you're an anxious mum and you're told that your baby's on the 30, you know, is, is just on the... 30% line, that's going to lead you to think that there's something wrong with your baby, whereas the reality might be that you've got a small baby because you've got a, you know, a genetic um, just tendency to be, mm. to be small. So from, from my mind, you know, very important to say, well, you know, is baby thriving right now? Does baby look like they're, they're, they're doing well? And those health professionals are very well placed to know what a healthy baby looks like. And so often what we hear back is, look, we haven't got time. It's, you know, there's so many things to do and we haven't got time to, to address mental health. But, uh, you know, I'd still question, well, why is mental health less important mm. than physical health? Because, you know, at, at worst, you know, and we're, we're very aware of this in our everyday work, but... There, there can be very, very serious ramifications for untreated um, mental mental illness at this at this point in life, and I, you know that that goes to as serious as 
loss of life from um, and, and, and even a baby. So it is a serious issue. Uh, there's still so much stigma and sometimes the health professionals tell us that they just, you know, they don't feel that comfortable talking about it and, and I think there's a real stigma in that themselves. Mm. I mean, you, you don't... Um, talk about because you know, look our view where we sit and, and we're, we're a bit biased because this is what we talk about every day and we, we know how valuable it is once a mum can actually know what's happening to her if she can get um, then she can get help to, to deal with with mental health issues and so often mums just don't recognize it and they might be focusing on oh my gosh oh my gosh oh my gosh I just can't I can't breastfeed I can't breastfeed and if that's something that can be helped by a lactation consultant well then great we want that mum to, to be referred to a great lactation consultant but we do want the questions to be asked about what else is going on for you right now yeah <laughs> because sometimes the presenting problem isn't the problem at all yeah and I mean we're talking about medical professions here but um, there is also judgment you don't have to look far to see women being judged for not breastfeeding and I'm not saying this is by the lactation consultant who might be trying to encourage them to breastfeed but just you know little comments here and there about what's good for the baby Um, apparently there was a report where um, three in four Australian mums said they felt judged over their decision on whether or not to breastfeed and as a result they suffer feelings of loneliness and, and frustration as a result. Yeah. Have we seen any, that was about a year ago, have we seen any change, do you think, in the past year? No, I don't, I, I don't think so. I, we see this every day and I, I work on the helpline and um, there's, there's a lot of expectations around mums being perfect mums. You know, the goal is, the goal is, is somehow or other there's one image of, of being of being a good mum and that's 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 a mum who can manage everything and do everything and and is totally capable and it, it's it's you know I, I don't I don't think any mum is that mum <laughs> but but there's still a lot of focus on on trying to trying to be that uh, we you know we hear a lot about the impact of social media and uh, the sense that um, you know most most mostly is it's sort of a pretty human nature thing to do. You post your highlights. You know, you don't. You mostly don't post the gritty, the gritty days. It's it's. This is all bleeding great. nipples. Yeah, all, all of that. <laughs> and maybe none post. of us want to see that. But, um, <laughs> but perhaps the stories even of just um, you know, it's, uh, we the social media world can um, it can do two things. It can be really supportive for for, for new mums. You know, it can be a great source of support that's easy to get in the middle of the night and um and is so close you know on on your phone but um you know for for some mums depending on what your social media network looks like for some mums the best things to do is to shut down for a while because you know look honestly if, it, if it's not giving you joy uh, and helping you through the experience certainly sometimes that's some advice on our uh, you know talking with different callers on the helpline it's like well if it's a supportive thing then great stay stay with it for a while but sometimes Sometimes just closing it off for a bit and, and focusing on, on what's a bit more real and, um, and sometimes you kind of need a conversation because the things we're talking about are really complex. I mean, how you feel about how you feel about breastfeeding and how you might feel about those, those oh, bad feelings you get at, at the mum's group or something when, when everyone else is breastfeeding or you're just feeling that pressure and people might be trying to encourage you to just keep giving it a shot but all you're hearing is that... I'm a failure. It's you know it, it it can be more complex. So it's it's a tough time anyway. And I think you know as a as a community we need to firstly acknowledge that it is actually more common than we think that women will experience depression or anxiety. We need to understand that women don't feel comfortable to talk about it. And I think we can all 
really help mums understand that actually it's a tough period and you can really you can really get through it. There are there are services available to help, and there's Pandas Helpline and our 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 website. There's lots of great stories from uh, we have we have several hundred champions now across the country who who really really um, have made a great effort to share their stories so that other mums know that this is normal, but also that that you'll get through it. That um, you know, the good news about perinatal depression or anxiety is that um, it, it it goes away. It's it's actually not uh, for most for most women. There's there's there's, there's some women that will be just them um, starting to live with an ongoing mental illness. But for the vast majority, it's going to be a short period of time. And the sooner they can get help, they'll be really surprised to know they can they can actually just start to feel feel really well and. And um, and feel like they're the mum they want to be. So. And it doesn't matter if you breastfeed or not; you're still doing a great job. Oh, ab- ab- absolutely. And there's there's going to be many of those moments um, through life where you you make different decisions to uh, other people. I think often bringing your baby into the world, you know, we're very focused. We we, we live pretty tight. Um, nuclear family lives these days so we're often very focused on what's this baby going to mean just right in our family and 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 maybe not ready for that broader social context that pretty much every relationship you have changes a bit Mm. when there's a baby there because there's going to be people who just are different for you now and the ones who can really support you to make the choices you want to make are probably going to become better friends and the ones who who can't support you with those things might drift away they might come back over time but yeah, there's a lot of recalibrating of life. Yes, <laughs> it, it, it takes some work with a you know a, a baby as well, who's who in itself is uh, is creating so 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 many challenges. Terry, um, it's been really interesting speaking with you today. Thanks, thanks for coming on the show. That's a pleasure. That was Perinatal Anxiety and Depression Australia, or PANDA, Chief Executive Terry Smith. There, for more on this issue, take a look in the links of the notes of this episode. There have been a lot of studies about the ways mums change after childbirth, their brains and their bodies, but what about dads? It's not surprising that men have their own biological changes because obviously evolution doesn't leave things to chance. It's not going to kick this man out into the world and go, right, on your own, you know, become a parent. It's tried as hard as it possibly can to prime that man by biological changes. That's evolutionary anthropologist Anna Matchin. She's on the next episode of Feed, Play, Love. This podcast is produced by Debbie Ning and hosted by me, Siobhan Hunt. <laughs>